Good morning. Ten years ago, my wife was about to give birth to our very first child uh, this month, this week, actually. But uh, it wasn't necessarily a happy occasion because she thought she may have to do that alone uh, and raise our boy as a single mom. Just a few weeks prior, I was diagnosed with a, a rare brain infection and uh, was in a coma for several weeks. And as Liz was in her eighth month of pregnancy, the doctors gave her less and less hope of my recovery. And through those weeks, she held strong, knowing that God could heal. And finally, the doctors came in and told her that it wasn't going to happen, that I had less than 12 hours to live, and she better say her goodbyes. But thanks to some of you, the Geldmeyer family, and many others around this city and around the world, uh, thanks to your prayers, God changed that. And from the time the doctors announced to her that there was less than 12 hours to live, it was just a couple of hours before I began to stir. And a week later, walked out of that hospital on my own strength. God provided a miracle. And I'll save the details of that story for another time, but I share that with you because it led our family on a journey together to discover what this life is really all about. If God is going to give me another chance to give our family another chance, what does that mean for us? And it led us to look at his greatest command. And if you'll turn with me to Mark chapter 12, verse 28, we're all very familiar with this if you've grown up in church. It says, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other com commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you're right, teacher. You have <clears throat> truly said that he is one, and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. This scene that we see in Mark gives us a glimpse into who Jesus was as he walked this earth. He was obviously a wise person and knew the law, knew how to answer these individuals who were trying to corner him. But for him, life was all about the Father's mission, was all about loving his Father in heaven and accomplishing what he wanted to do. There are three things that I've learned about this command in the years since that incident. The first thing is that it is very personal. 
The great command is personal. Verse 30 and 31, it says, you shall love the Lord your God. You shall love your neighbor. It's very pointed. Not that the church, not that this big picture shall love their neighbor or shall love God. It's not that we gather together here and corporately we love God. While that's true, it's personal. You, you and me personally have to love God and love our neighbor. It is a very personal thing. And at the Fairbanks, we try to live this out. We, uh, just a few months ago, um, we were delivered some shoes for every child at Weaver Elementary School, our partner school right there next to us. You all are an incredible partner in helping us with that too. But uh, these shoes, we were excited to, to give out to kids, so we had a measuring day. And on this measuring day, we had kids come up one at a time, and they would stand on the chart, and we would get their, their shoe size, and then we'd come back a week later and, uh, and give them their shoes. We had one of our volunteers standing there below the stage, and we'd have students step up. And this one girl stepped up with her shoes on. And he looked up at her, and she just looked down nervously, didn't know what to do. And uh, he said, you, you've got to take your shoes off. I can't, I can't measure your feet with your shoes on. And she was just nervous, didn't want to do it. He said, just step back and take them off. So she did, very nervously, and she slipped her shoes off. And then as she was stepping up on the little chart, she said, I'm sorry, my feet smell like the apocalypse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there was this third grader <laughs> that knew her feet were bad. It became very personal for Mike, who was serving that day. It, he was having to touch these feet that smelled like the apocalypse. And uh, that day, we, we bring lots of hand sanitizer. Uh, it is a, a rough day. But then the next week, it is amazing as you see the smiles on kids' faces and even tears in their eyes as they get maybe the first new pair of shoes they have ever had. It has to become personal for us. We have to get to know people. We have to make sacrifices. We have to touch some feet sometimes. Some of you help us with this. We're, it's actually led by Valerie, who's a member right here at Christ Community Church, but the Good News Club, we host every week for kids, and we get to share about God with them every Wednesday after school. And Aaron is one of our volunteers there as well. It's an amazing time where right there in the school setting, we get to share the love of Christ with these kiddos. Just this last week, we had two kids respond to the message to know Jesus, and they accepted Christ as their Savior. That was exciting. Because people like Aaron and Sonia and others from Christ's community have said, I want to make this personal. I want to get to know these kids, and I want to sacrifice. This is a personal commitment. The great commandment has to be something we're involved with. And that's easy to say when we talk about getting to know our neighbor and loving our neighbor as ourself. We can think in very practical terms that way. We can think, okay, I can measure a kid's feet. I can spend a Wednesday afternoon with them. I can do things to help my neighbor. But what about God? What does this mean in our relationship with God? These last few weeks, 
at our uh, evening community dinners on Sunday nights. That's how we do church, is tables in, a, in the round, and uh, neighbors sit around a table, and we do an open faith discussion with them. And some nights that gets really interesting, a little scary, uh, when people begin to share their faith and their faith journey. But uh, it is incredible to hear what God is doing in their life. In these past few weeks, we have been challenging our people to participate in spiritual disciplines, prayer, fasting, meditation. We've got several weeks of this. This week I'm excited is solitude this evening, getting alone with God and our Creator. These disciplines make the great command of loving God with all of our heart, our soul, and our strength very personal for us. It's easy to show up on a Sunday morning or a Sunday night in our case and participate in corporate worship, to get excited in the music and to listen to a message. But then tomorrow morning when we wake up, it's hard to re-engage with the God of this universe. And I don't understand in myself why that is sometimes. I think, wow, I serve the God who created me and all that I know. But Monday morning, it feels like a drag. And that's a disappointment in me. But if I participate in the disciplines, if I make prayer and reading the Bible and having conversation with my God, a regular part of my everyday life, as if it's a personal relationship, because it is, it becomes real. It becomes very personal. I can hear my creator's voice. I know what he is saying. So to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, becomes real to us. And in our journey, in making this a reality in our lives, for us, we had two incredible boys just two days from now. Emmett will celebrate his 10th birthday and Nathan his 8th. And, uh, <clears throat> and now, just three years ago, we celebrated yesterday, I believe, our three-year-old boy's birthday. God led us on the journey of adoption. He said, make this loving your neighbor thing personal. Invite them to your home. So we have now adopted little Gabriel, little Josiah, who's two, and now Joshua. We're closing on adoption here shortly with him, who is, will be one. And it has been a tough journey, but an exciting one. And this, uh, these three babies, we love them to death. They are our own. But uh, their, their mom was living in a shelter right there in our neighborhood in North Springfield. Could not give up her addictions and her hangups. But God said, Jeremy, make it personal. Take this command and make it personal in your life. So we did. And it is difficult. And that's the second thing. The great command, it is difficult. If we are going to love our neighbor and love God, it is hard work. Right here, the word love, agapeo in the Greek, this is a love of intelligence and purpose, of sacrifice and hard decision. 
You've heard of the different types of words used for love in the Greek. This word is intelligence and decision. This is a very, a very purposeful act. This isn't a feeling. This isn't an emotion. This type of love is very purposeful. And sometimes purpose can be hard to live out. Verse 30 says, all your heart, love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. Romans 12, 9 through 21 says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. I like how Romans puts that there. That's written for me. Don't just pretend to love others. Really do it. Make the choice to love other people. To love your God. Some days I don't feel like loving God. Some days when I don't get what I want, I kind of become childish and act like my kiddos. And I whine to God, why didn't you do this? Or why hasn't this happened? But we make the choice to give him all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength. Because he created us. And he sacrificed for us. He loved us first. So we make the choice to love him. And our neighbors, I tell you, Sunday nights, serving about 75 neighbors, and we'll have seven to 10 homeless individuals come join us as well. It can be difficult. I mentioned discussion can get hard, but so can men who hide out in the women's bathroom stalls. That can be difficult to chase them off. It can be difficult to guard our kids from the things that walk through the door. It can be hard each and every night to love our neighbors in spite of the junk that they try to bring us. It wears you out. But we make the choice to love them anyway. We make the choice to see beyond the circumstances and to love people because that is what God has called us to do. In the summer, we run what we call Camp Fairbanks. It's a summer day camp for kids while their parents are at work. We offer childcare from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., long, long days. And uh, they're in our neighborhood. We, there are lots of great options for kids in the summer with Springfield Public Schools offering summer school now and the Boys and Girls Club and the YMCA. But our kids are typically the ones that are not invited back to any of those programs. Uh, so you can imagine, it's, it's fun with 35 kids that aren't welcome in other places all coming together in one small room for a whole summer. Things get broken, <laughs> and people cry. But uh, not always the kids, either. <laughs> it's tough, but the rewards are amazing. It is difficult to see a family of, of four kids join your, your camp at the beginning of the year, not willing to speak to anyone, because they lived in Jefferson City, and their, their single mom just passed away, 
and they were placed with their sister in Springfield that they haven't seen in years in a small apartment complex just a week prior. They're thrown into this room with a bunch of other kids they don't know because their sister now has to provide for them. She has to go to work every day and do a double shift. It's tough to deal with those emotions while you're balancing some kids who just came out of foster care and placed back with their biological mom who is, is trying her hardest but still struggles each and every day to make ends meet and to show an appropriate love for her kiddos. It is tough to see people come together in that way and to face those challenges. But it is worth it to live out the great command, to love these people, to love these kids, regardless of their circumstance. This is the type of love that requires a choice, a choice that we have to make each and every day, a choice we're right now selecting very carefully our camp leaders. We're making this a reality for them. You have to be willing to choose every morning if, if you're going to do this and if you can make it through the day because it's difficult, but it's amazing to see what can happen when those kids come to the end of a summer, and all of a sudden, they can behave in the class times. They're excited to perform for our end of the summer talent show. And one of the girls even had to miss the talent show because of some other commitment, and she was just in tears. She said, I worked all summer for this, and I love these people. She just came out of her shell and found a personal connection with God's people. But we know that we're not alone. And here's the danger in this, because we're quick to fall back on the scripture that we're not alone. God helps us. He empowers us in all of this. But I think sometimes for me, I like to lean on that, that God never leaves me or forsakes me, and God's will will be accomplished no matter what I do or choose not to do. Our danger is that we do not lean on that so much that we fall into apathy and that we, we aren't challenged to get up and do something. Well, God will take care of that. Well, I'll say a prayer for them. Well, I'll, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll pray for the kids in the foster care system. Let's get out of that mode and do something. And I'm not saying God's calling everyone to foster care or adoption or even to serve in our part of town because there are pockets all over the place. There are your, your neighbors who are struggling and going through difficult times. And God is calling us to love them as we love him first. But he never tells us to do it alone. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. And talk to me in June, halfway through Camp Fairbanks, I will be living that scripture. <laughs> it is the spirit. The flesh does not want to do this today. But God gives us the strength. We lean back on him. 
You see, we can, we can get into accomplishing a lot, but if we have not made the great commission, or the, excuse me, the great commandment personal, then we can never make it through the difficulty and the struggle of living it out. We must know God and know him intimately to accomplish the work of the kingdom. I would ask our ushers if we could prepare for communion. And we'll take communion together, so if you would hold your elements when you receive them. I want to share with you all of the difficulty and the strife and the the work that it takes to love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor. It's all worth it. The rewards are incredible. See, we had a a guy named Norm. He's in his 70s, and he began attending our Sunday night dinners, and he was pretty standoffish at first. But after a few weeks, he started participating in discussion, and a few weeks later, he approached me and said, can I talk with you? I said, sure. And Norm is a uh, a, a veteran and a, fire, a former fireman, and he had lost a leg at one time, and so he's got a lot of difficulties with mobility, but, but he said, I just, I just want to tell you, I love coming to church every week. It can be a struggle to make it here, but I love coming here. I've been to different churches all my life and never felt like I was safe to share my story. And he began to share his story with me about how he's abused as a child, about how he went to prison for several years, about how he had had a very difficult life. He said, but in this place, I finally feel safe enough to tell you and to share it with this family. He said, I want to be baptized. And Norm, along with some others that he had brought along, were baptized in a very cold tank in our community center that day. And it was exciting to see Norm's entire countenance change, knowing that this had become personal for him, knowing that for the first time he could be in a church, a community of believers that he could connect with, that he could be open and honest with, where he could truly love God with all of his heart, his soul, his strength. So as we look at communion today, as we look at taking this together, I would just ask each and every one of us to reflect on that. This great commandment to love God with all that we are. That's number one. But then that pushes us to number two. To love our neighbor. Are we making it personal? Or have we fallen into the rut? Like I have time and time again, where church becomes an activity, something we do. Where our faith is It's just a a status in our life. 
instead of a a day-to-day reality for us? Are we willing to make sacrifice? Are we willing to do the difficult things for our neighbors in need? If you will, pull your bread from the cup. says in scripture that Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me this bread the representation of Christ's body broken for us will you hold it in your hand let's pray together father we thank you that this commandment was personal for you And that you made the difficult sacrifice of sending your son that his body would be broken for us. So God, today, we thank you for the reward that is represented in this wafer. God, that we can have healing and wholeness because of the body of your son, Jesus. Father, bless those who take it this morning. You may eat the bread. And if you'll open the cup, prepare to take it together. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, this blood that you allowed your son to spill for us. God, it covers our sin. It covers our failures. And we thank you for the difficult choice that Christ made in that garden when he said, not your will, but my will be done. Father, today we commit anew that we choose to follow you all the days of our life. Will you drink the cup this morning? As we prepare to to sing in closing, I just want us to reflect on what God is asking each and every one of us to do. For us, it's been a, a crazy 10 years a crazy journey of giving up a stable job to go launch this community center of five children now. Never thought that would be me. But God said, will you join me? And we said, okay. Are we willing to do that? I know as a church you are, and thank you for sending backpacks to Weaver Elementary life groups supporting us and helping serve meals. Thank you for sacrificing and coming to a difficult place with us and standing behind us in prayer. Thank you. But now what is God calling us to next? What is the next step for us? Let's pray and then join in worship together. Father, thank you for all that you have given us for being a personal God, 
You didn't create us and, and leave us alone, God, and hope for the best in our life, but instead you walk this journey with us. And in return, you ask us to make it personal with you. God, I pray that each and every one of us in this room would take moments in our day to speak to you, to know you, to listen to your heart for our life. God, and through that, challenge us out of our comfort zones to reach the difficult places. Maybe it's our neighbor or our family. Maybe it's across town or across the world like Kevin today. God, let us go to the difficult places and share your love with our neighbors. In Jesus' name.